Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. It's as timely as it gets. A day-long Safe Schools initiative at the University of Buffalo in the aftermath of Parkland and on the same day shots rang out inside a Maryland school. Safety is something that is is very active, um, something that we should be continually involved with and aware of all the time. I'm Tim Wenger on the podcast powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting. We previewed the day-long seminar Monday morning with the organizers from UB. And Tuesday, WBEN reporter Mike Baggerman spent the day at the seminar listening in to speaker after speaker talking about various aspects of school safety, security, and of course strategies to thwart and contain in-school violence. It's an annual event at UB, but one speaker in particular caught Mike's and most folks' attention. It's now my life's work, uh, inspired by my daughter Josephine and her two surviving sisters. Um, I I need to know that schools are going to be safe for my surviving daughters and every other child. Michelle Gay. She tragically lost her daughter, Josephine, in the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary in December of 2012. I'm a second grade teacher. For me, it's all about boiling it down for people. And I think um, reminding folks that as daunting as school safety seems now, it it really does come down to to three legs of the stool, if you will. Um, Those those three pillars um, support safety. And those are a focus on the people you know, the education and training that we provide them, how we empower them in a crisis situation, the place, you know, how, um, how have we thoughtfully prepared the place? Um, you know, have we restricted access? Um, is anybody allowed to come and go whenever they want? Um, you know, what, what types of credentials do you have to have to be able to get into the building? Um, do we have systems in, in place for, for minding, you know, the place and making sure that it is physically as safe as we can and make it um, as secure as we can make it. Um, and then, of course, those, you know, those policies and, and practices. What are we doing on a regular basis? Um, we need to be looking at safety as a process, not a product. And what I mean when I say that is um, it's not something you make, you produce, and then you're done. You know, it's not a, a checklist that you complete and then you're good for the year. Uh, safety is something that is, is very active, um, something that we should be continually involved with and aware of all the time. So really focusing on the people, the place, and the practices, and the policies. Have you noticed in the last five-plus years since Sandy Hook that schools have taking, have been taking a better initiative in terms of safety, whether it's locking doors, whether it's a monitor system coming in. Is this something that you have tangibly noticed? Absolutely. Um, Almost instantly following our tragedy, we saw a great and renewed focus on on safety, but it wasn't, you know, mainstream news and it wasn't, um, it wasn't the splashy uh, sort of, I think, the issue. Um, I think the 
the conversations, the work was being done quietly in school communities uh, across the land. And I think um, in the wake of the Parkland tragedy, I see the volume has been raised and we've got teachers and parents and community members all uh, clamoring for a seat at the table. And that's good because that's how safety gets done. It's, it's got to be all hands on deck. Your speech comes at a very interesting time. As uh, on this Tuesday morning, we're finding out about the shooting at Great Mills High School in Florida, or not Florida, rather uh, in Mar in Maryland. That's yeah, something that hit okay. that hit something close to you. Absolutely, um, it's a beautiful community, St. Mary's County. Um, they're working very, very hard. I happen to know um, on on safety in the in the sense of infrastructure, in the sense of education and training, and policy and practice. Uh, but the world does not stop, as one of our presenters said uh, today, announcing that news to all of us. Um, this work does not stop. This process does not stop. Um, we have to continue to work harder and longer and better. Um, and and it, it, it's not. We're not going to be done. There's not going to be a moment in time. I think where we can be done and we can say, um, okay, we're we're all set now. Um, we just have to keep at it. And that's what a day like this is all about. We're bringing together educators, uh, faculty, staff, law enforcement. Uh, you know, fire. You've got a wealth of information and resources in that room. Um, it's it's a it's an army of people devoted to the safety of schools and communities. Based on the information that we have right now, with that incident in Maryland, uh, three people are injured, including the shooter, but there's been no reported fatalities. Uh, again, this is the current news that we're dealing with at the time. But something that, with that in mind, thinking back to your speech today, you had mentioned that one small thing could have made an entire difference. For example, the Sandy Hook, if the locks, if you didn't need to lock them from the outside, that could have changed precious everything. Seconds. It's precious seconds. You know, as soon as people realized that something was wrong, they needed to find a way to make themselves safe. Uh, that could be getting out. That could be uh, keeping danger out. Um, that could be making yourself you know, concealing yourself uh, from, from a potential danger. Uh, just those basic things and walking people through those and, and teaching them their options for safety can, can make a profound difference. But in this case in St. Mary's, it sounds like we had a school resource officer on the premises who intervened um, to stop this incident. And I know that we're still getting information. Um, it will be a long time before all the information is, is sifted and sorted and uh, can all be verified. But um, that's a big one thing for, for each of our schools to have a, a sworn officer of the law who is uh, you know, trained to work with and among the, the students and the staff and, um, and, and be there not only if, if the need to respond to crisis arises, but to support safety on the day-to-day, -day, you know, to build relationships with kids, to be a resource uh, when, when other conflicts and, and issues and, and safety things arrive. This, uh, this shooting that happened today, uh, as you mentioned, it hits close to home to you because it's in your home state, but you're set to make a presentation at that school as well? In May, in May. I'm, I'm already set. So we've been talking for a while. Uh, it's a very proactive community um, that's very dedicated to safety. And uh, I got to think that, um, you know, when the unthinkable happens, as it did today at that high school in St. Mary's County, um, having those layers, as many as you can, um, obviously we want to prevent 
We want something like this to never happen. Um, but if a crisis begins to unfold, whatever it may be, whether it's weather, whether it's a man-made, uh, you know, an act of violence, um, whatever it is, we have to be able to respond quickly and effectively and then begin the recovery process because that's beginning right now. Recovery begins with response. And the better, the quicker, uh, the smoother that response can be, um, the better chance our communities have, our individuals have at a successful recovery. There have been a lot of proposals as ways we can try to get rid of gun violence in schools, whether it's uh, more school resource officers, arming teachers in the classrooms. You talked about it a little bit on the stage, but I do want to get uh, some more of your opinion on what you think measure-wise we could do in terms of, say, the president's response to arm more teachers in the schools. What do you think about that? Look, I understand the, uh, this is it, we're all really heartbroken, you know, and now here another community is really heartbroken and devastated and traumatized. And in the wake of these tragedies, it is the right thing to do to gather around the table and put all the options we can think of, uh, you know, pie-in-the-sky options, um, crazy expensive options, super simple options, put them all on the table, leave no stone unturned. We have to do that, and we have to do that time and time again. Um, but I think when it comes down to it and, and people begin to become educated about uh, the option of, of arming staff, uh, arming civilians, um, that generally begins to be an option that gets sort of pushed off to the side. Not that it's not an option that communities can't employ effectively. Um, it's just that it's very expensive. It's very time-consuming. Um, not a lot of folks like me <laughs> want to actually be trained in, and carry a firearm. Uh, lots of us really signed up because we love teaching. You know, um, that's, that's, that's where all the letters after my name go. Um, there's nothing in there that has anything to do with law enforcement or um, responding with, with the deadly force if necessary. So I think um, in general, we don't look at that as an ideal option, but we do understand that it is an option for some of our communities that don't have uh, a quick local response. You know, they might have a response time of 50 minutes after 911 is called. That's, that's something that's going to make you look at other options and think outside of the box for sure. I imagine you've seen a, a, an overwhelmingly positive response to all of your speeches that you've done throughout the country so far. Uh, in particular, with law enforcement, have you seen them change their policies in regards to anything that you've done? You know, law enforcement folks are always among the first to, to look to correct and improve and uh, change their actions. We saw that after Columbine. We saw that after Sandy Hook. Um, it's just uh, it's part of the DNA, I think, of a lot of our um, our law enforcement officers. So you know, they come together and they begin looking for lessons learned and 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 things that they can do to better inform their response um, in the future. So um, I have to say that we really work together beautifully alongside. Um, we learn a lot from them. They learn a lot from us. Um, and and the more we understand each other's perspectives and backgrounds and approaches, the better we are at working together and keeping the community safe. Safe and Sound Schools, uh, where can people find it on the internet if they want to learn more info? Absolutely, safeandsoundschools.org. Um, we are constantly visiting other communities, sharing the resources we're finding, creating new programs. Um, our youth council program is uh, understandably taken off like wildfire, um, especially, uh, unfortunately, in the wake of the Parkland tragedy. But I'm, I'm pleased and proud that that program that we developed with other high school students is there. Uh, to help other youth step up, 
get organized, um, learn about how they can be involved and valuable in school safety, and, and get a seat at the table. Last question I have for you. You do have two uh, older children, uh, middle school and high school aged, yeah, I believe. Both high school. How, yeah. how have they been uh, you know, in the five years since Sandy Hook? You know, it's a journey, um, and I think that, that you'll hear that today all day long, that um, there's no point, I think, where people can say that recovery is done, that uh, we've made it, you know. Um, it, it is, it's forever changing. It, it changes the way that you think and move through this life, um, and uh, I think that's an important thing for people to understand. So, um, Mike Baggerman and Michelle Gay, who lost one of her daughters in the Sandy Hook Massacre. We're back tomorrow. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.